Good morning. I am actually, I'm honored that I get to come speak to you guys, not just for one week, but for two weeks. This is the second week. Pastor James and their family are enjoying themselves on vacation, and uh, their families lead so many different ministries as well. And I'm just glad that they get to go away and be to spend time together, especially during this, this, this season. But they're together, and um, he will definitely be back next week for the new year. And he's been working on so many great things for this new year coming forward. And I'm really excited about that. We, even though Christmas has passed now, I'm one of those, I'm still going to talk about Christmas today. I'm going to look at another carol. We've been looking at Holy Night. We were looking at um, Emmanuel, O Come Emmanuel. Last week I spoke about that. And Pastor James, Christmas Eve, talked about Away in the Manger. And I'm going to look at another Christmas carol because I don't care. I love Christmas. I'm one of those that I'll keep my Christmas lights up till like June. Anybody else with me like that? Yeah. So we're going to look at another one called O Come All Ye Faithful. And it's a wonderful song. And I absolutely love this song too. And during Christmas Eve, actually, there was, um, there was a lady. And she was, we were singing another Christmas carol. And it was so cool that she was actually worshiping during that time, during the Christmas carol. And I kind of looked and I thought, it's a Christmas carol. In this Christmas season, that's usually what we sing. And as she was worshiping, I saw the words differently. It became almost new to me. And I want us to actually look at O Come All Ye Faithful differently. And all our Christmas carols, they actually spring out of truth from scripture, and it totally changed the way I look at our Christmas carols now. And let me give you some background with O Come All Ye Faithful. It was originally written in Latin, and it was called Adeste Fidelis. And it was attributed to John Francis Wade in the 17th century. He was a, a hymnist, an 18th century hymnist. I said 17, didn't I? 18th century hymnist. And we know it as O Come All Ye Faithful, translated as O Come All Ye Faithful. And the translation was by Frederick Oakley in 1841. And so this song has just been through the ages and sung all through the ages. And it's a wonderful song. And so what I'm going to do for you guys today is I'm going to sing it in Latin and English. Ready? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not good. I don't know Latin. But we're going to look at this song. And the beginning of the song goes, O come all ye faithful, O come all ye joyful and triumphant. As I see those words, sometimes it's a little daunting looking at that because even as a Christian, I don't always feel faithful in my trials. I don't always feel joyful or even triumph. Things went, and we don't even use the word triumph anymore. And I think that's such a strong, profound word. I think we should use it more. We're a triumph in what we do. And so I, I read those words and I sing those words. I don't always feel those things. And I, sometimes we all feel maybe the opposite. I feel doubtful a lot of times. I feel depressed and defeated in things that I do. And I look at those words and say, man, maybe one of my faith trials, things are going on with me. I could... I don't feel like I'm very good at those. Or even in my joyful, there's things that could just snap me right out of being joyful at times. Like, for instance, one um, Black Friday, I went 
shopping for Christmas. This was 10 years ago. Let me tell you, Black Friday shopping is the worst. I mean, you guys know this, but I went to Target, and it was at 4 in the morning, and everyone's together, and we're all huddled together, and waiting for her to open up the doors, and doors open, and we're, like, walking in like this, like, emperor, emperor penguins, you know? And then as we're walking, and we still can't go anywhere, there's people in front of me, and there's all of a sudden, I hear, I feel this cart, and it's hitting me in the back of the ankle, and it keeps hitting me, and it keeps hitting me, and it's starting to hurt, and I turn around, and, and, turn, and my surprise was this little old lady, and she's hitting me, and I said, ma'am, you're hitting me, and it kind of hurts, and you know what she says? Well, good, get out of the way. And I'm like, what? And just yesterday, I went to Walmart, and I, I, I hate shopping. I really do. And, Walmart, and I try to find the shortest lines. Does anybody else do that? I'm walking by, mm, I'll pick this line. And it don't matter what line I pick, it always takes the longest. And I was at Walmart, and I was, my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so I was buying things for her birthday. And I saw this line, the line was, you know, 20 items or less. And I'm, I'm counting, I'm like, oh, I got 15. This is good. It's going to be fast. So I'm in line. I'm sitting there. And yeah, just uh, the lady doing the cash register, she pulls out lotion to lotion her hands. And I'm are you kidding me? Let's get through this line. And then all, so my joy is gone all of a sudden, you know? Those are little silly things that take our joy. There's other things that, are, that can be so worrisome in our lives that could take those joys away. They're really things that could take our joy away. And, and so I just don't feel triumphant a lot of times. Maybe we're looking at our marriage and we're like, you know, I thought our marriage would be different. Maybe we're five years in, 10 years in, 20 years. I thought our marriage would be just a little bit different. And I just feel defeated in our marriage. Or maybe it's a dream, defeated in a dream. And so we can look at triumph and joyful. And that sometimes just isn't, isn't what I feel. But the good news is, this is the good news. Jesus calls that. But not on the onset. He calls something different on the onset. And we can look at scripture of who he actually calls. Because right now we're, we're saying, you know what? I just don't feel it. But Jesus calls others. And what he calls is actually every single one of us. And we're in this broken world. And what he calls is something that's broken inside of us. And if you've got your notes and you're taking notes with us, the first thing Jesus calls is he calls the weary and the burden. He calls the weary and the burden. And we can look at Matthew when he talks about this. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. This is him calling us on the ons. We're, we're broken. We need this. He's calling us worried and broken. Come to me. And the second thing is, is he calls the sinners. That's all of us. Matthew 9, 12 through 13. He says, on hearing this, Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Verse 13, for I have come to call the not I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And he's calling us. We can actually change the words, oh, come all you faithful. To something different. They'll come defeated. They'll come weary. They'll come burning. They'll come sinners. Come to Bethlehem. We can rewrite that song now. And here's more good news. As he calls us, he doesn't keep us there. 
That's the good news. He calls us on this onset, but he says, I, I love you so much. I'm not going to keep you burdened. I'm not going to keep you weary. I'm not going to keep you in your sin. And when we start to realize this, and if we don't have this relationship with God, and we're like, I'm sitting in this burden, and we realize that Jesus is calling me, all we need to do is say, I need you, Jesus. And we realize that, we just say that. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Jesus says this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, which is new life. The old has gone, which is your old life. It's now behind you. Your old is gone. The new is here. He's saying, when you accept me, we have this relationship, your old life, the burdens, the weariness is gone because now I'm taking it. And I, you have a new life. It's called new creation in me. Amen. So if Jesus doesn't leave us there in the worry and the burden, so then what does he help us become? That's a question we can ask. If he doesn't leave us there, so what then? What next? What does he help us become? And I'd like to take a look at this, of what he helps us to become. And the first thing is, Jesus helps us to become more faithful. He helps us become more faithful. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus he says, look at me, focus on me, look at me. Don't pay attention to anything else that's around you because those circumstances are going to make you burdened. Those circumstances are going to make you weary. Focus on me. And why focus on me as well? Because I am the author, he says, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That is amazing. He's the creator of our faith. So we get this faith by him putting it inside of us. It's not something that we create all of a sudden. He puts inside of us as that we have this new creation, this new life in there. And then he takes it and he perfects it. Oh, he perfects it. So when we, when we focus on those struggles, guess what's going to happen? We need to focus on him. He's the author of our faith, perfecter. So how does he do this? If he gives it to us, then how does he perfect this in us? Romans 10, 12 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So he's saying, you, your faith starts being built when you start to read my word, when you start to have a relationship with me, as you're reading who I am, as I'm reading, as you read the promises that he gives us, your faith will start to be built then. As an example, of this, uh, many of you guys know the story of, of my daughter Danica when she was born. She was born 25 weeks, five days at two pounds, three ounces. And before she was born, my wife was on bed rest for about a month. And they had talked with us and they said, she's either gonna be born blind or deaf, breathing problems or walking problems learning problems, or all of those, or not at all. And this is what they're telling us then. And so this worry is definitely setting in. This burden is definitely setting in. This doubt is setting in. And so the question is, God, what are you teaching me now here? 
God, what are you going to do with my family here with this? And let's look here at Isaiah 43, 2-3. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Last week I talked about Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with you. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. These are our trials. These are the things that are hardships for us. These are our faith trials. And when you go through these trials, I will be with you. And what else does he say? He says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. He will be there for you. That means he's protecting us through that. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am your Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And so as I'm going through these trials and I get to read his word and his truth, I know that I'm going to be, no matter what the circumstances are, he is there to make sure I'm protected. I'm okay. So as we're building into our faith and we're reading his word and we hear what he is saying, our faith will be built. And two things will either happen here. We'll either not read his word and we will drown or we will listen to what he has to tell us and he will protect us and we will grow and strengthen through it. And when you invite Jesus to go with you, he will protect you through it. And some of us believers, we, we can be like this. We can be like, I need you, Lord, to be with me through this. And when we hear those words as believers, we can feel them, feel them building this faith inside of us. And we hear it, and it starts to permeate inside of our being, and he starts to build this faith in us. And that is just amazing to know that. His word is so powerful. The second thing what Jesus does is he helps us to become more joyful, to be joyful. The Bible talks about fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the, Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. So what is fruits of the Spirit? That just sounds kind of weird. What is that? I don't, that, I don't understand that. What are you talking about there? Let me give you an example. An apple tree, when it produces, it produces an apple, right? Because that's what it made. It doesn't all of a sudden, and all of a sudden a watermelon come out. No. But when, but when we have the right relationship with God, the joy is that fruit in us. It is not something that we can create on our own efforts. It's what, what, what God plants inside of us. It's what we're just talking about the new creation that our new life is. And when Jesus is in us, it starts to overflow in and out through us. God gives us his spirit. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. And that joy just comes out and that love just comes out of us. It doesn't matter the circumstances that's going on around us, that's happening to us, that's beating and trying to beat us down. We will have this joy in us regardless. It's different than happiness. Happiness is different than joy. I heard this quote. It's not my quote, but I'm going to make it my quote. And you guys can write this down. It says, happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. 
Happenings determines, is determined, our happenings are determined by situations that are going on around us. You know, is this what's happening? Is this good that's happening? Or is this bad that's happening? Does this make me happy? Does this make me sad? But joy comes from down deep, placed within us that doesn't come from her, from this earth. It's placed by the living God inside our spirit and it overflows us with joy and love. And this joy is, is talked about in Luke's Christmas story. And it's in Luke 2, 10 through 11. And he says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy. This news is Jesus for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. He's been born to you. He's been born to you. He's been born to you. Great joy that a Savior has been born to us. We get joy because of who Jesus is. The third thing that Jesus does, I don't know if you're following with me now, we've got faith, we've got joy, and the third thing is triumph. Such a powerful word. Jesus gives us triumph. And a lot of times to feel more triumph, we, we, we need someone with us to help us with that. Let me give you a story. In high school, freshman year, I was... I, I did hit my growth spurt. I was much shorter. I was a lot littler. And I was selling, I don't know, candy or something. I had this gallon bag, and I was selling suckers and candy bars. I don't even remember what it was for. And I had this bag, and I was sitting there, and someone came by, and they swiped it away from me, and they're taking this candy bars, and they're handing it out to people, and they're pocketing the money. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And I'm sitting there. I'm this little dude at the time, and I'm like, what am I doing? Do I, do I get up? Do I say something? Do I do it? No, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to have to let it be. But I have a good friend of mine named Ronnie. He, I knew him from high school and also grade school. He gets up, and he is about this tall. 240, 260 pound dude, played football. He gets up and he goes, hey, you bring that back here now. Grabs that bag of candy. You put that candy back in here now. And I was like, and everyone else was like, they pulled out that candy. They pulled out that money. They put that back in there. And then I got up and I said, yeah, <laughs> you put that back in there. I wish I had that deep voice. Yeah. <clears throat> what happened? I was first sitting there. I'm not going to do anything. Until I found out and figured out who had my back. This dude had my back. And so I was, I was ready to whatever was going to happen. Sometimes we need to remember who has our back as well. Our God has our back. He is triumphant. He is the living God, the sustainer of the universe who holds this in his hands. He's got our back. Amen, Amen is right. There's a prophecy from Isaiah. He says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
prince of peace, of the greatness of his government, and peace through peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That is triumphant, guys. That is our God. He is there holding us. He has our back. Doesn't matter what happens. He is with us. And it's amazing to know that I've got a God like that that will be there for me. And today we see Jesus in this manger. And he's, he looks so cute as we've got, you know, the porcelain manger dolls and the little really cute barn. And we got the little baby sheep coming up there. Mary and Joseph got this really wonderful Christmas card and it has Mary and Joseph on there. And they looked adorable and cute and this angelic angel there. And we've got, we got baby Jesus and we look at that. But even, even him being there as a baby, in that manger. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing comes into existence without him speaking it. The chosen one to save us from our sins. He is the prince of peace, the bread of life, the light of the world, the savior and the lifter of our head. Born the king of angels. Come and adore him. For he is Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's so amazing to know that, even at that time. And so today, when we hear those carols, when we hear, oh, come all ye faithful, oh, come all ye joyful, and triumph, we know that we can because Jesus is doing that. So today, when we hear those carols, we will hear them like for the very first time. That's been ringing out through the ages. Oh, come Bethlehem. Let us adore him. There's two prayers I'm going to do with us today. And the first prayer is if you're feeling faithless, faithless, if you're feeling defeated and you feel like your joy is robbed, I want to pray for you today. Because it can be worrisome and burdensome, but we have a God who can take that from us. Guys, stand with me. I would love to pray that prayer over you guys. And if that is something that you want to be prayed over, Go ahead and raise your hand, and I pray that for you. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead and bow your heads with me. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for who you are and the promises that you tell us and you give us. 
today, I'm asking for your spirit to come and to cover us and to be with us because we feel defeated a lot of times. We feel our, like our joy is not there and we feel like we need you to help us as we go through these faith trials because we're going through times of weariness and we need you to remind us that you're there for us. We need you to remind us that we don't have joy because of things that are circumstances, but because of a joy that you live inside of us because with you brings us that joy and that with you, you have us to protect us, to be triumphant over everything and every situation in our lives. We're asking you to do that in us, Lord, now, as we leave today, Lord. And the second prayer we'd love to do is maybe you've never had the opportunity to ask for Jesus to be the Savior of your life, to have this Lord being triumph for you, to have joy unending regardless, and to walk through any situation with faith. I'm going to offer that now. And all you simply have to do is receive it and say, yes, Jesus, yes. And if you want to accept that, with everyone's eyes bowed, eyes closed, head bowed, Go ahead and slip your hand up real fast. Yes. 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 Lord, move. I want everyone to say this with me, especially those who are accepting Christ. Would you repeat this after me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to that cross and dying for my sins. I accept you as my savior over my life, and you take my sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, give a hand clap for those that had accepted Christ. We get to celebrate today because we will have people who didn't know who Christ was and accepted Christ in heaven with us. I absolutely love that. Guys, enjoy today. Let today be some, a blessing to you guys and know that our God is with you. I love you guys. Have a good Sunday. I will see you here in a little bit.